Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It is the Friday before Election Day 2016, and we are taking a break from all the talk about politics and candidates and issues to have some fun on, what, the fourth day, the fourth to last day before the election. Later in the show, we are going to have two bands here in the studio, two bands here at WDET, Molly Wap, a reggae group that's led by Malik Yakini, who is the co-founder of the Detroit Black Community Food Security Network. Uh, they are performing this weekend at uh, Northern Lights, and they're going to be here in the studio playing for us. And the Detroit uh, Jazz Festival All-Stars are performing at the Dirty Dog Cafe. Chris Collins, Pepe Espinoza, and... Uh, Jeff Padraz are going to be here playing for us as well. So uh, we're going to have some fun with that and uh, give you just a little break before we get back to really, really serious issues on Monday as we run up to Election Day. I also want to start off today with a little more fun. I've got John Neo, Detroit News Sports columnist here to wrap up the week's news. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Absolutely. And I, I like think... the idea of just drowning out <laughs> with the music. Drowning That's right. out the, uh... That's right. If, if we play loud enough, maybe we won't think about <laughs> la, 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 what's la, going I can't on. Hear you. That's right. right. Although you have to be prepared because I am going to ask you about the <laughs> I election. Know, I know. Or at least just a little bit. Yeah. But, but, but first... I want to ask you about the big news this week in sports, which was the fact that the Chicago Cubs, a team that I have to admit that at one point in my life, I counted as uh, a team in the town that I was living in. I could never say hometown team, right? Because that's always the Tigers. But I lived in Chicago for a time and lived on the north side, not too far from Wrigley Field. I counted the Cubs as, as one of my rooting interests at that time. It took them 108 years to get back here, but they have won the World Series and won it in the most dramatic yeah. fashion of any series I can remember in recent years. You were part owner too, right? At one uh, point, of course, theoretically, that's right? Theoretically, right? I had, <laughs> I had Tribune. Tribune stock, and I worked for the <laughs> Chicago Tribune. The cool thing about working for the Tribune back then, because they owned the team, was that literally, literally, you could go upstairs into the tower on a Friday. And they just have tickets sitting around right. that you just pick up and go over and catch a few innings uh, or, or go to the night game or whatever. Uh, that was a really cool thing. And that did make me more, of course, of a fan. So I know yeah, they were the lovable this. losers for so long. <laughs> and I grew right. up in Iowa, but I grew up watching, you know, Harry Carey and they were they were on every day. Yeah. Every afternoon you get home from school and the Cubs were on TV and Harry was butchering people's names and everything else. <laughs> but so, no, it was it was. But but like you said, it was not just that they won, not just that they ended this curse, not just that they, you know, generations of fans finally could celebrate a World Series, but it was just in the dramatic, I mean, they almost blew it. They almost they blew almost it blow. in the series, three to one, um, heading, you know, at home, can't win, can't clinch it at home, and then they head to Cleveland and have to win it there. Um, and then... Game seven, after they've rallied, and you think, you know, probably they do have a pretty good chance to do this finally. And they're in the eighth <laughs> inning. Up, and then, and then Rajay Davis, former Tiger, <laughs> hits a two-run homer, and Cleveland erupts. And just the look on everybody's face. I mean, this, the crowd shots. Usually I hate the crowd shots on these Fox. <laughs> but this was one year where it was actually kind of when they weren't showing celebrities, when they were showing actual fans. Just the looks on some of those faces. Yeah. You could see it. 
Well, um, and we should we should also give a nod to the Cleveland Indians yeah. here. Who, no, they haven't. They've they've it's suffered. Another yeah. long suffering fan base that that I think thought it was their turn, and it would have been nice, I think, to see them to see them win as well. But I I was definitely rooting more for the Cubs, and I think America was too, in, in a large you know swath, just because the Cubs sort of signified losing for yes. so long, right. and and in a sort of adorable way (laughs) for so long. But no, yeah, the dramatic way it ended, and it was was really an epic series just in terms of the drama of the games and the results. And and everybody watched because the the ratings came out, and it was, I think, 40 million plus watched game seven. And that, you know, I think (laughs) it was, and we're all joking aside, I think it was sort of a respite for people from – Sure. Everything else that we're getting bombarded with on TV. Now, there were still ads every time they went between <laughs> innings. There was still, especially Game 7, I noticed the uh, both campaigns took advantage of 40 million people and, and right. flooded the airwaves with yeah. their ads. But, yeah. yeah, no, I think it was sort of a break from reality for yeah. people. So, And so, so now the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl, right? Say, you know, right? I know that's where you're going next, right? right? <laughs> it means that this is the year to end Curses. Uh, Cle- Cleveland Cle- Cavaliers yeah. win, bringing right. in the first championship to that city in, what, 60 years yep, or something right. like that. Now the Cubs win. Right. They're next Detroit in line. Detroit Lions? Uh, yeah. can, I, can I maybe start <laughs> believing again, John? No, you know, you can always, you can always <laughs> believe and have those dreams and crush year after year. And, you know, it took 108 years. We're, you know, more than halfway there with the Lions. So, yeah, by the time you're, I don't know, in your 90s perhaps. No, I do, I do think yeah, this year has has I think offered some hope for some of these franchises. Yeah, have, it shows that you can do it. It shows that you can do it's it possible. and it shows how you can do it, which right. is you know, A, you do have to sort of you blow spend it up. Some money. You have to blow yeah. it up and start from the bottom up, but you also have to have ownership in a, in a front office that's going to build it the right way. And yeah. The Lions at least think they have done that now, but you know fans well, are certainly skeptical and rightfully well, so. Well, if if you talk though about this season, they this could season hire just the just hire Theo Epstein yeah. to run the Lions, <laughs> and then right. the general manager he's of the Cubs, who has now curses. ended the curse in Boston and now in Chicago. Yeah, right? but, There's something he's doing that, right. that makes sense. I, you know, I, I will say that I've I was out of the Lions season, of course, after they were they I think one and three right or whatever in. it was, and now. It's four and four. They're four and four after eight games. I'll take that. I mean, if you look at the rest of their schedule, they they have some they have some tough games ahead. But this is a team that could easily go nine and seven. I don't think they get to maybe ten and six. Right. But but nine and seven, eh, maybe I take that. Well, and I think it is though. It's it's sort of one of those rebuilding years that they just haven't announced it as a rebuilding year. I mean, they are a much younger team now than they were a few years yes. ago. They are building sort of from the foundation in terms of offensive line and things like that. That's the plan in, in the front office with the new GM. Um, but like you said, they're at least keeping people's interest as opposed to last year where at one and seven midseason they were right, firing the front out. office and the ownership yeah. was starting to clean house. Um, it's a different feeling this year at mid, midseason. And actually the schedule that looked pretty daunting the second half of the schedule, now maybe not so much yeah, because some, some of those teams, teams are, are starting to – fall apart injury wise and other well, including and the one they're playing this week. I, I will say that that as somebody who has sort of been a consistent fan of Matt Stafford going back to his time frankly mm-hmm. at at Georgia which is uh, you know I'm of course a Michigan fan because I'm a Michigan alum but I also have you know these other sort of random rooting interests but right. one of them is the University of Georgia. I right. love the Georgia Bulldogs and so I was really excited in fact when the Lions drafted Matt Stafford thinking that 
you know, he was uh, he'd be great here, and I think he has been pretty consistently good. This year, he is much better, uh, and it, and actually that sort of goes into last year as well. Mm-hmm. The second half of the season last year, he was he was quite good. Everyone seems to to attribute that to the to the offensive coordinator, but I think it's him. I mean, I think this is a different guy than we have seen so far. Yeah, no, and I I do think he is finally he's found another match in terms of a coordinator. They both seem to like the same things and um, and think the same way. Um, and, and he has, but you know, you're right. He's come into his own and he is still a youngish guy. That's the part we keep missing yeah. with him. He's 27 or whatever now. He's been he's around for what it. seems like forever, but that's because he was young when he got here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's the quarterback that you can build around, I think, I think more and more fans now will finally agree with that. They are going to have to pay him a lot of money again here fairly soon, but he's the building block, you know, that you don't, if you look around the league, there's a lot of teams that would, would, would desperately want a quarterback that they could say he's ours and he's a franchise guy. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is John Neo. He's a Detroit News sports columnist. We're talking about the weekend news. Mostly we're talking about sports this week. Of course, big news in the world of baseball. The Chicago Cubs winning the World Series for the first time since 1908. Uh, we're also talking about football and the Lions. And uh, we'll talk about the Tigers in a minute. And we will talk just a little bit about What's happening next Tuesday? We've been, of course, on this show really focused on uh, November 8th for a really long time. Today we're taking a little bit of a break. A little later in the show, we're going to have music for you. Detroit uh, Jazz Festival All-Stars are performing this weekend at the Dirty Dog Cafe. They'll be here uh, to talk about what they're up to. And the band called Mollywop, a reggae and funk band led by Malik Yakini of the Detroit Black Community Food Security Network. Uh, Malik will be here with his band performing. They're performing at the Northern Lights Lounge this weekend. Uh, and we'll talk with him about uh, his work uh, as well as music. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, talk about the Cubs winning the World Series, talk about the Indians losing the World Series, talk about how that relates maybe to Detroit sports, these long curses, uh, these long legacies of curse, I guess, in, in sports where teams never get championships. We're a little familiar with that. Uh, with our Detroit Lions. Does this mean our year is coming? The fact that uh, the Cubs put off the Billy Goat curse and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers brought the first championship to that city in 60 years. 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. John, the Tigers, let me talk about the Tigers a little bit. They made some news this week. Uh, trading Cameron Mabin, uh, who is, to me, the one player on that team who I think, uh, if you were a kid growing up in Detroit right now and trying to relate to different players, mm-hmm. he, he, he'd be first or second, I think, yeah. behind maybe maybe Verlander still has that uh that top spot on that. He was team. near the top of the list in my house. I yeah, know, with my ten year old. I mean, uh, so, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, uh, kids love this guy. I love to watch him. Uh, he he seemed like the centerpiece or the potential centerpiece of you know a rebuild around him, maybe to to try to make you know a, a bigger push into uh, into postseason play again. 
they traded him to the Angels for a minor league player, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for, th- this is the kind of stuff that just breaks your heart as a Tigers <laughs> fan. And I get it. I get the business aspect of it, that they, they got a giant payroll. Uh, they they want to make some changes. you got to take players who are making a lot of money and move them off if you can. But, boy, it just, you know, it, it, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to be a fan. You say you get it. Well, you're going to get a lot more of it, I think, this winter this and into the next the summer because this is just the beginning. And they and they sort of announced it in a sort of an awkward way there at the end of the season. Al Avila, the general manager, came out and said what a lot of people have been speculating. You know, we keep talking about the window. How long is this championship window, if you want to call it that, going to stay open? And, you know, a lot of people thought maybe last fall it was, it was closing and then Mike Illich – came out and <laughs> signed two more huge contracts yeah. and said, no, let's go take another swing at this. Well, I think that was the last sort of mighty swing in terms of payroll. And now what you've seen is, and Al Avila said it, is we're going to have to get, you know, yeah. you know, we're going to have to get more efficient, I think is the way they're putting it. But you can read that as we're going to, we're going to trim this payroll <laughs> right. by a significant margin. And, and that then, means some players are going to go. Play- now you, you mentioned Cameron, Cameron Mabin was the guy who sort of energized that team last year and sort of was the spark plug that kind of got things turned sure. around in terms of the slow start and then finally they were in it. Um, but yeah, no, that's just the beginning and I think you're going to see some other names, some other players that fans have kind of gotten excited about here recently, whether it's J.D. Martinez who's due for a big contract here soon. He's probably a trade candidate. And then you start to wonder about, yeah, some of these previously untouchable guys. How, yes. how deep do the cuts go? If you can get something for a Justin Verlander, does this organization oh, dare to trade? That I mean, just, Miguel Cabrera is probably not going anywhere, but yeah. you could probably make an argument that it makes sense if you're really going to slash this payroll and, and sort of start, you know, it's not start fresh, but start with a new sort of uh, balance sheet. He's the kind of guy who can get you, you something. So, yeah, oh, those are the cuts that so hard. I wouldn't say are coming, but there's a there's certainly a chance, but there will be more like this where, man, really? And and that's, I think, the winner. And it, it, it won't all happen this offseason, but as you get through next year, and especially if they're not in the playoff hunt next summer, yeah. trade deadline, you, you'll start to see some more of those things. Yeah. All right. Uh, before I let you go, got to ask you about the election. <laughs> I know you've already voted, I think. you do you, you do you get I like didn't. special early voting as a, a news columnist? And, no, uh, no, no, I have not voted. I will go to the polls on Tuesday and get my yeah. sticker. And no, um, it you know what strikes me here, and and I saw the New York Times poll has a new poll out this morning, and the, and the, among the issues are. Are you excited or disgusted? I think was the question. <laughs> yes. And everybody <laughs> said I'm disgusted. And it was eighty some percent disgusted, twelve <laughs> yeah. percent. Ex- I don't know who those twelve percent are that are excited, but um, they probably work for both campaigns, perhaps. But no, I think. And but what what's I guess scares me is, in addition to all this stuff we've talked about for months and months and months, is the sort of attack on our profession and the fourth estate and. The lack of trust now, and now it's to the point where what's real and what's fake, it, I don't even know if anybody cares anymore. Yeah. Uh, in large swaths of electorate. Yeah, can you get what, the most clicks? Yeah, on. exactly. And so that's the part I think is really concerning to me is where do people go to, you know, to find reliable information, yeah. et cetera, and where do people feel like they can go to get – and I don't know that 
I think of all the casualties in this campaign, I think that may be the one that has the the longest, farthest reaching effects. Now, well, that's, it's, it's self serving for a journalist to sit here and say that, but I honestly do think that that is that is the one area because now you've got these WikiLeaks releases and everything else, and now you're starting to see. I mean, there's a lot of Democrats now who are saying, no, 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 they're taking things now and just these are fake. You know, fake letters and 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 throwing them in yeah. and saying this is you know more WikiLeaks material. No, it's this is fake. You know, but people don't seem to care or or whatever. And so that's the part beyond all of the other issues. I mean, some of, of it this is about campaign. people and their consu- their reading habits and what they're looking for in journalism. Yeah. Of course, I mean, you have a lot of folks I think who are looking for comfort out of their news, right? Oh, absolutely. Something that confirms yeah. the way they feel, and then they can say, well. This is true right. because I I read it in this publication or I read right. it online here and the 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 filter that we used to sort of employ more consistently, which was hey where is this mm-hmm. coming from yeah. is this primary source material right. we've sort of dropped a well lot and now that. when you realize where most people get their information their news now it's Facebook yeah you know right isn't yeah. and and. So those decisions that are getting made on Facebook, that's where, you know, that's where you start to wonder. And, and it's, you know, it's confirmation bias, but it's it's to another level now. It's almost a sort of pathological confirmation bias in yeah. some respects. And that's, this to me, this beyond all of the other actual issues. And I think the Trump campaign has just, in terms of that disgusted, excited thing, just decided, you know what, let's just make this as ugly as possible because – you know, we were about suppressing votes and everything else. That's the be- greatest vote suppressor of all is to yeah. just – Get people to just to get people not. to just throw up their hands. That's and right. Say no, that's right. All right, John Neo, Detroit News sports columnist. Go Cubs, always. Yeah, right. Go Cubs. <laughs> go Lions. Uh, break the curse here. How about that? Yeah. Go on a run. Well, that's that was the other game. thought. You know, watching that celebration in Chicago. Can you imagine what this town uh, would be like? I have always said. I mean, to, I yeah. <laughs> to Detroit police that the biggest the biggest riot <laughs> they would ever have to contain. Would be uh, yeah. No, that just was the Lions' yeah. home playoff win. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you watch fathers and sons and generations yeah. and and people. You know, it was sad at times with Chicago, just in terms of you know, uh, my dad. I wish my dad were around here to see that. There would be a lot of that in this town sure. too. But just Absolutely. to see the celebration, you can imagine. We'll get there. I'm, I'm confident. All right, John Neal, thanks very much for being here. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, uh, up next, we're going to kick off the weekend with easy, fun music recorded live in Studio A here at WDET. Stay with us on Detroit Today.